All right. Um, uh, uh, George Papayanos is here. And so many people in our audience have heard of UNESCO. And he heads UNESCO's ex- – UNESCO, by the way, stands for United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. He heads the UNESCO External Relations Information Liaison Office in New York and provides a point of contact for the U.S. government, civil society organizations, and other interested parties working on issues of interest to UNESCO. Uh, it is an honor to welcome you to JM and the AM. Good morning. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be on the program, and I, I really appreciate that uh, that warm introduction. Before we get started, I do want to take a moment and uh, extend my my best uh, thoughts to uh, the uh, the families and uh, the people in Israel who are currently dealing with this uh, the, the kidnapping of these three boys. We're all praying that they uh, come home safely. It is much appreciated. Uh, I think that the Jewish world in general felt a, a blow to the heart this past weekend, all of us collectively around the world. And those who are expressing compassion and sympathy and concern, believe me, all of that is appreciated, as are the prayers for Gilad, Eyal, and Naftali. Um, uh, UNESCO, I, I mentioned uh, what it stands for. Uh, as as, as so, so many people have heard of it, over the years, but still would not be able to tell you uh, what it does. Seems to always be in the news at the different times, both opportune and, and inopportune. inopportune. Uh, how would you describe the organization well, to this audience? I mean, right now, I think you know, maybe your listeners might find of interest is that we're, we're running a, a, an incredible exhibition at our Paris headquarters that we're doing in partnership with the Simon Wiesenthal Center. And it looks at the 3,500-year-long history that uh, the Jewish people have had with the Holy Land. And I think that this is an important uh, statement about what UNESCO does that I think, again, for the audience here, uh, would find would find of interest. Also, uh, just uh, last week we had another um, another program on the on the Sephardi, right. essentially looking at the Sephardic and, Jews on the Sephardic Jews and the and the, and the linguistic um, uh, elements that are there that are unique in terms of Ladino, etc. Um, last year with B'nai B'rith, we did a fantastic program on Yiddish. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kid who grew up in, in New York City over at the, uh, at Penn South. And, uh, if you, you know, that was partially done with the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. That's correct. And if you didn't hear Yiddish going up and down the elevator every day, I tell you, it was, it was, it was my, it was my fourth language. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back for a second to what you mentioned about Paris. This was something brought to our attention by Rabbi Steve Berg from the Wiesenthal Center just about a week ago. Uh, the exhibition sounds remarkable and I'm sure it's so educational for so many people who probably are not even familiar with that era at this point. Uh, how has it been received? Is there a review yet? Like, what, what have people said about it who've been there? Well, all I've heard is that it's, you know, people are interested, people are going in. I think it's been very, very well received. Um, it is, it is, as you said, a part of what I think, you know, when you talked about why, what, what does UNESCO stands for, right. you know, it's interesting. We, you know, what we stand for is in our name, the Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. Correct. But, but, but yet, it can be a bit obtuse when you think about what that's, what does that mean when you talk about those things. Well, what it means are programs like this, like the Simon Wiesenthal exhibit, like what we did on, on the Yiddish language, uh, and other things that we do around the world, the work that we do in, in, in countries in crisis and mm-hmm. in, in trying to make sure that um, women and girls are getting to school, that there's literacy in the world, that we're empowering people to be, to be part of the best steps forward in which they take care of themselves and by taking care of themselves and their families they actually 
take care of their communities. When people are engaged in that, they don't have time for other things. And other things, unfortunately, sometimes mean bad things that can actually destabilize communities. Oh, we understand the benefit of it, that's for sure. George uh, Papianos is here, and UNESCO is our focus. Does Israel participate in UNESCO programs? Are they looked to for leadership at all in these areas? Israel Israel is definitely a full member of UNESCO, along with the United States. What you might find interesting, and maybe for your listeners as well, is that Israel and the United States are not funding UNESCO at this time, and this has to do with the 2011 admission of Palestine right. with, with full membership rights at, New, at UNESCO, which triggered a law that went back to the days of Yasser Arafat, which are a, a long time ago. The world has changed, and we have to look at what the relationship is between the U.S. and Israel, their relationship to to UNESCO, and the importance that UNESCO has in terms of engaging with the rest of the world. How will this be resolved? Will it well, remain status quo? I hope it doesn't remain status quo. Well, that's quo. obvious I, in the way I, you're presenting yeah, it. Right? Because I think it's too important. Look, Understood. But is there a chance? I mean, what, Here's where the chance is. I'll tell you exactly where the chance is. Because we're in the United States, and here people eventually respond. When I say people, I mean policymakers. will eventually respond when people start to talk and say, hey, maybe this isn't a good thing. Maybe we need to be fully engaged. The fact that we're not paying is having an impact, and Israel isn't paying either. And they've done it in in cooperation with the Americans. And what it does is it says we're there, but we're not there. So when you engage and you're not paying, I mean, go to a restaurant, eat the meal, and then try to leave. We know the value of membership fees, right? So, you know, I mean, it's important to be part of this, and there are obligations. But that cost, what's the real cost? Because it's not about the money. It's about engaging with the rest of the world. It's about the fact that the United States and Israel are best friends and that the U.S. is always there and has Israel's back. And Israel needs that relationship not only because it's a, it's a good relationship, but it's also part of what, of what makes both countries, you know, their, it increases their capacity to engage with the rest of the world. And, and, and you do that at UNESCO. Now, I know that there are a lot of people who think that this was the right thing to do, but I don't understand in today's day and age where we think that disengagement ultimately is the right thing to do. If you disengage, then you will let other people control the dialogue. You will let other people control the agenda. And UNESCO is one of those organizations where what we work on today has an impact in the next 20 years. I do not want to see a world that I don't recognize in 20 years because this country did not have an opportunity to contribute to what were the programs and the agendas that UNESCO was going to be dealing with. That scares me. That's not good for the U.S., and it's not good for Israel. George, you have given me food for thought, to say the least. Well, thank you. Um, Is this strictly a Washington decision? It is. It's It's a congressional decision. And uh, and it's a decision that also has you know there's input from Israel as well you know these again I respect the fact that in Israel the Israelis do not want to give the Palestinians a free pass on this issue but there are there are a number of ways to approach this in a constructive way working with members of Congress what the president needs is a waiver of the law this is not unusual some people will tell you that it is but it's not if you look at a foreign affairs authorization bill and you look at what are the directives there things that direct the executive 
essentially include usually a customary national security waiver. If, if the president thinks that it's in the national interest of the United States, then he can waive this law. It doesn't take the law off the books. The law remains. The question is whether or not it's in the national interest. I think it's in the national interest to be in there and doing what we do best as Americans, and that is fighting for what we believe in, getting in there, mixing it up, being the power of our ideas. And UNESCO is unique within this system of the U.N. We're a Jeffersonian democracy. One country, one vote. We have, the, the islands of Micronesia have the same vote as the United States. Right. And from our perspective, that's a good thing. And from our perspective, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because it says that we, that we, that we, we empower others. We believe in them. We believe in their, pro- in, in, in their process of distilling facts and then joining with us. And we're much stronger if we're not big-footing things, but rather bringing people together. Is every member nation of the UN a, a member of UNESCO? I think we actually may have more because we've actually included Palestine Correct. as a member. So that would be an example of even more. Of even more inclusiveness. And again, respecting all of the issues right. here and not in any way trying to discount the concerns. But I, I, I have to tell you that I do believe very, very firmly we're all better off if we're fully engaged. That goes for the United States. That goes for Israel. Um, George Papayanis, UNESCO. As I said earlier, you've given us uh, food for thought this morning. I appreciate you joining us here. I look forward to an opportunity to engage in the future. I don't disappear. I'm here whenever you want me. Greatly appreciate that. Thank you so a much. A pleasure. JM and the AM as we continue our conversations here on uh, Talk Radio Day at the United Nations.